This is Famous Last Words. I'm Tom Jokic with Christopher Ward. When the new inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame were announced recently, I realized that, wow, we have interviews with five of the seven artists, so it was a no-brainer to spotlight those on the show. Our fifth and final artist is Carly Simon. Now, Christopher and I differ in our opinions as to whether Carly should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and we will have that conversation in the coming weeks. But I know that both of us agree that this interview that we're about to play is entertaining, thoughtful, and revealing, and honestly, quite a bit of fun, too. Here's Carly Simon from around the mid-1970s. biggest hit, Carly Simon and Your Sylvain on Famous Lost Words. Tom, at the time of this interview in 1976, Carly Simon was rock royalty. She'd had a string of hit singles and albums, and her marriage to fellow singer-songwriter James Taylor kept her in the press, and the controversy surrounding her biggest hit, Your Sylvain, was water-cooler subject matter for years. Simon is the daughter of Richard Simon founder of the Simon & Schuster publishing empire, and began her career in a modest way, recording with her sister Lucy as the Simon Sisters. Her 1971 debut won the Grammy for Best New Artist. Her third album, No Secrets, went to number one on the heels of You're So Vain. In 1989, she became the first artist to win a Grammy, an Academy Award, and a Golden Globe for a song written and performed by one artist for the song Let the River Run, from the film Working Girl. Yeah. And I have an obscure detail, and I know you love those. <laughs> you know the song Anticipation? Yes. Anticipation. Okay. She wrote that song in 15 minutes while she was waiting to be picked up for a date with Cat Stevens. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Also, mm-hmm. uh, she did one of the most rare of things, and that is a pre-taped SNL performance because of stage fright. Mm. And yes... At least one verse of Your Sylvain was written for Warren Beatty. The other two verses? Hmm. Yet to be revealed. You know, Christopher, you know what you and I have in common? What's that? We are probably the only two people in the universe who are not suspected of being the subject of one or two of the verses in that song. So many people have been listed as the possibility for uh, who she's singing about in that song. Well, that's because neither one of us are guilty of vanity. That's Otherwise, we'd be right in there. Hang on, I have to check myself in the mirror. This interview was from 1976, around the time of Simon's seventh album called Another Passenger, an album which got mm, a tepid commercial reception, but which Rolling Stone called Carly Simon's best record. Mm -hmm. Here she talks about, are you ready for it? Mm -hmm. Taking fans for lunch. I remember last summer, I I was in a very low kind of mood that I'd been in for about two or three weeks just about my music and, and, and about myself. And I was walking down the street where, where I live in, on uh, the Cape, and, and a bunch of girls had followed me and had stopped me and, and said, uh, you know, how much they liked me and so forth. And I just, I was so happy that I took them all out to, out to eat in this little place and we just talked for about, I mean, I was just so thrilled really? that they had actually, yes, and, and I wanted to, I wanted to find out about them. I always think it's so one-sided when somebody tells me that they like me or whatever, and mm-hmm. and I, you know, figure that if they're at all interesting, and you know how you can tell in a second whether you want to get to know somebody sure. or not. But if they're at all interesting and I'm turned on by them in any way, 
I want to find out what they do too. No oh, that's really nice. And I bet, they, I bet they're still talking about that. You know, because that's a rarity. I don't know how young they were, but I'm, I'm sure that there was a lot of, no, you ask her, no, you ask her, go on, you know. Maybe, And then yeah. you turn out to be a real, in fact, human being that takes them out and buys them. Lunch would really have to blow somebody's mind. That's, that says a lot for you. That's, I, I don't always do that. <laughs> but Anytime it, anybody but wants to go like... to lunch, look up Carly. And she'll, <laughs> uh, lay a compliment on her and it's good for a free meal. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it, I'm in the wrong mood, and I, you know, I'm busy or whatever. But, yeah. but it, but it never ceases to, to please me and flatter me when somebody tells me that that they like my work. Oh my! Isn't, Isn't that, that the best story ever? That's I love great. That. Yeah, that's so charming. Artists, Simon included, frequently have thin skin. Critics. Oh, critics! Oh, critics! Where, where are they coming? <laughs> what is that? How they worry me. Yeah. Do they? Yes. Do they get to you? Terribly. Why? Because, uh, because I guess I don't have, a, have enough sense of myself a lot of the time, and so, I, so very often my opinion of myself has to do with what some, somebody else thinks of me, and very often it's what the latest person thinks of me or what the latest critic thinks of me or says. And I, I mean, every artist is that way to a certain degree. Every performer that I know has a kind of ego that's about to topple over. And that's one of the reasons why they're out there in, in the first place is, is to try to gain some kind of love, I think, on a larger scale than, than what they got from their parents or what they got from their extended family or whatever. And so performers, as, as, as a rule, really want to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved, but, but performers need it to the extent that they really go out and get it on, on, on a professional level. And so I think, I think almost, I mean, all the performers that I know are very affected by what, what the critics say. Some of them make believe that, you know, or say that they really don't, that they really don't care, whatever. But I've never met a, a person who, in the, who in the, in the deep, dark honesty of their, of their soul, doesn't just crumble on, under the, yeah. under the nasty pins of some nasty critics or some good, or some well-meaning and good, and good critics who just honestly don't like what they're doing. Wow, that's interesting. I don't have a strong enough sense of myself, she says there. Wow. Here we go. The infamous Christgau review and her reaction. Now, what we're talking about here is the critic, Robert Christgau. Have a listen to what he says about her. One time, Robert Christgau wrote a review of the No Secrets album. And it said that on your so vain, Carly Simon sounds like a horse whinnying. Wow. And I and it just I mean that was one of a number of of just you know comments that just stabbed me and I and I read it and I wrote him a letter which was the only letter that I've written to a to a music critic who's written who's written a review ab- about me and I just said I wonder if you know that that people that you say these things about are really human and take these yes. things to heart and and that they're not just sort of you know, performers who are above it all and, and ride, ride around in limousines and don't care, care about anything except for their next dollar. You know, people have hearts. And, and, and he wrote me a letter back saying that since that time he'd listened to the album some more and in fact he'd grown to like it. It was a very open letter. It was a very warm letter. And, and it was as if by my opening myself to him, by making the contact to, with him and making the admission that I was actually hurt, that he'd sort of gotten in what he wanted to get in, which was the little stab, and now we could be friends, you know. And, but, and, and also in the letter, he also said something about 
James and myself coming from well-to-do families and that there was that there was something about the fact that we had come from rich parents that turned him off and that made him believe that we that we couldn't have souls or that there couldn't be any soul in our songs. Ouch. Oh wow, boy. <laughs> Well, let's moving right, right along from the whinnying portion of the program. She talks about playing with a band for the new album. On about three or four of the tracks, I'm like the lead singer with a band, mm. which I haven't done done before. But the Doobie Brothers play on two tracks, and Little Feet play on two. Oh, out of sight! Two very good groups. Great groups, and and uh, and in each each case, well, I did one of the Doobie songs, and they did one of mine. Which um, one did you do of this? It, it keeps you running. Oh, out of sight. Mike McDonald. Yes. Like Mike is wonderful. And, and uh, in fact, he and I are going to be doing, doing some writing together this summer. Oh, They're yeah. a fine group. They're all just That's true. such good people, too. Such nice folks. They were, they were very, very willing to work for me for nothing. You know, I mean, they, they just love wow. to play. They love to play. And they, and they just want to, you know, they, they're not interested in what the end is going to be what the end what the end result they just want to play and have fun you know we've talked about this before christopher a lot of performers love playing with a band because it takes the pressure off of them i think it's also it's a different process usually because the bands you know the good ones are capable of playing live in the studio off the floor together as opposed to having to record one instrument at a time you know on different days and all of that and that's a very exciting feeling to be able to go in and cut a record um, with great musicians and just go one, two, three, and then you play. And, and, and in this case, she would be singing with the band as well, although yeah. they probably recut the vocals later. But still, that, that would be an exciting process for her. Yeah, I bet. Like most songwriters, Simon uses her life as source material. My sense of morality won't let me get away with not, not being truthful. I mean, I, it's also very hard for me to write um, from anything except for my direct experience. I, I usually use my own my own experiences or experiences of people that I relate to so closely and identify with so closely that I feel that I can put myself in their shoes and write a song from their place. And, and the thing which interests me most in writing a song, lyrically anyway, is, is, to, is to solve some kind of a problem or to put some truth across. Even if it's a mean part of myself that I don't admire, somehow if, if I can get it out in front and see that it's human and see that it's real, it's more acceptable to me and I can go on and learn, learn from it. If I write a good song, it's like a maturing process. It's kind of like, like scrounging around for, for the secret of the soul or something and then, and then divulging it. James is, is also very, very generous with, with, uh, with allowing me to be honest. And you can't limit anybody's fantasies. I, I mean, James can have as many fantasies as he wants about anything, and there's nothing that I can do about them or really would want to do about them. The can most that I can ask is that he share some of the better ones with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's great to hear her talking in such positive terms about James Taylor, which I know her and James do not speak to this day which is weird because she would love to have a, some sort of kind of civil relationship with him, but they don't apparently. And it's also mm. very interesting the way she talks in depth about the process of writing music. That does it for this episode of Famous Lost Words. We are now down to our last few episodes of the show. So let us know 
who you want to hear from. You can reach us on Facebook at Famous Lost Words or on Twitter at Famous Lost Pod. We'd love to hear from you. Our show, as always, is produced by Adam Karsh. I'm Tom Jokic with Christopher Ward. Famous Lost Words is a production of iHeartRadio and Orbit Media. And don't forget, the best way to support our show is to listen to past episodes on the iHeartRadio app.